Amen. Well, starting off a new series, what can we bring with us? And, and really this COVID coronavirus season has been unique. It has not been all fun. And I know you know that, but there are still things I think that we can learn from. There are still things that we can grow from. And, and if you haven't heard this yet, this coronavirus COVID season will eventually be a distant memory. It'll be something in the past. And I don't know when, but we just have to keep that perspective in mind. So it's so important for us to, to gather what we can while we can, because God is trying to teach us something from where we've been to where we're going. And I know for me, it's been a huge reset button in my life where everything has been on pause and it's really forced me out of autopilot where I've had to come back and to take a really good look at my life. And I just wanna start us off with this question today. Is how you were living before COVID, is that the way that you wanna continue living after? Is the direction that you were heading before the coronavirus ever came on the scene, is that the, is that the direction that you wanna head coming out of this? Because I know in my life that I've, over time, I've sunk into ruts and I've grabbed a hold of things that probably aren't the best for me. And what this season, I think what any season of disruption or interruption does is it forces us to recognize those things and to evaluate whether we wanna move forward. And that's what this series is all about, to evaluate different areas of our life that we probably need to think and live differently. And we're not the only people who have gone through something like this before. When we look to God's word, when we look to the Bible, we see that the Israelites have gone through their own um, reset button moment in history where God brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of a season of slavery and he was bringing them to a land that he had promised them, but ultimately there was a season in the middle and Pastor Pete spoke to this weeks ago, but there was a season in the middle that was a refining season. For Israel, it was a defining season. It was a discovery season that God had to give them a paradigm to get them from Egypt to the land that he was bringing them, to get them out of slavery and to bring them into greater freedom, which was his destiny for them. And ultimately, and I know this will sound kind of funny, but ultimately the way that he chose to do that, to, to move them from A to B, from slavery to freedom, was he gave them rules. And I, I know that when we think about rules or when I think about my three-year-old, when she thinks about rules, we don't think about freedom, right? We think about slavery, but not in God's economy because ultimately rules, the rules, and, and he gave them 10 big ones and a lot of other ones, but ultimately those rules were what moved them from slavery to freedom. And there are these principles that we're gonna look at in Deuteronomy 30. And if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to, to go there and we'll be there in a second. But ultimately, I just wanna challenge you because I know the way that we think about this is different, but I think that these principles that we'll find in these six verses are powerful, whether you are a follower of God or not. And that if we'll just submit ourselves under God's wisdom, I really do think that it'll bring us some greater freedom in our lives. So we're gonna look at one of these 10 rules that God gave them. Um, as they were entering into the land that he was giving them. We don't have time to go over all of them, but we're gonna look at number four today. And here it is, it's in Deuteronomy 5. It says this, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, that's a day to the Lord your God, a Sabbath. It was about rest. And if there's one area that similar to the nation of Israel that we need some reprogramming, that we need to hit the reset button, it's in the area of rest. They were so bad at it, they had gone centuries without resting at all. And, and I know that's not our case, but I think over time, our country and our world has gotten faster and faster and busier and busier. And ultimately, I think a lot of us are forced to realize that we don't know how to rest. And this, I think it's so important for us to learn what to do, ultimately to experience what God wants us to. And so we're gonna dive into to Deuteronomy 30, which is a couple verses later to, to start. And we'll start with verses 15 and 16. It starts like this. See, I have set before you life and prosperity and death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. See, Moses was reminding the people ultimately of an important paradigm that would follow them throughout the rest of their history that God has set up a way to live, that he has commanded us to live a certain way. And, and if you follow those commandments, if you live the way that God has intended us to live, then you will live and become numerous. You'll experience his blessing. But if you don't, you won't. We see that here in the next few verses in verses 17 and 18. He goes on, he says, but if your hearts turn away and you don't hear me, if you're led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that, that you'll perish and you won't last long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. See, ultimately in God's economy, it's not about the rules. It's about the heart. It's not about the rules. It's not dotting every I and crossing every T. It's about what our actions reveal about the condition of our heart. Why does God care about rest so much? Why does he care so much about this? Ultimately, it's because this, and I want you to see this. It's because rest requires trust. It's not about the rule. Rest requires trust. It's about the heart. You see, rest doesn't come easy for most of us because ultimately, if we were to even think about sitting down or not doing what we think we should or, or taking care of us or those around us, if we wouldn't do it, then who would? It's about the heart. It's about trust. You see, we never stop working because in some way deep down, we wonder if God has really got it. See, rest isn't about everything that needs to be done. Rest is about our hearts. And we show God that we love him. We show God that we trust him when we rest. You see, it forces us out of this mindset where it's a performance paradigm where we feel like we have to do more and more and more to please God. Can I help you this morning? That's not God's voice. It's not. God is not the taskmaster of your life. And in fact, he came to liberate you from the taskmaster, that there's nothing that you can do today, good or bad, that would change 
about how Jesus feels about you. He's already pleased enough. You could say it this way. Rest isn't a rule. It's a relationship. It's not a rule. It's about the heart. It's about trust. It's a relationship. And his name is Jesus. And so, yeah, we stop working. We quiet our minds. We go and spend time with him, go on a walk with him, slow down to experience his love because love doesn't happen in a hurry. Love and hurry don't coexist with another. In fact, hurry is an altitude that love can't breathe at. It needs more oxygen. It needs to come down and slow down to enjoy its time, to Sabbath, to rest. Some good news this morning. It goes on in verse 19 to say this. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Listen to God's heart here. It's like a neon arrow. He's drawing us in. Pull over, rest here, rest with me. Put that down, stay with me. You can't keep going like that. I didn't design you to do that. You need to hit the off button. He's saying it as loudly and as clearly as he can, choose life. See, we know that rest requires trust, that it's a rule, not a relationship. Here's another one. Rest is a choice. And I know we don't like that. I know we'd rather blame it on external circumstances, but truly rest is a choice. And usually when we start talking about this this topic, we fall into two different camps. One is I don't need it. And the other is I can't possibly get it. I don't need it and I can't possibly get it. And in the past, in past seasons, I have fallen into both of those. Here's what I don't need it sounds like. I have better things to do. I can't waste my time on rest. I don't need to slow down. I'm not lazy. I don't take naps. I'm fine. That's why I schedule vacations, right? Early in our marriage, my marriage with Mel, and and early on in ministry, it was just a crazy season. I was working at a church full-time, doing graduate school stuff online. We We had our oldest during that time. It was just, it felt nonstop, like there was no break. And I, was, I would have a phone call every other week with one of my best friends. He was an accountability partner. And every single week that we would call, I would show up hurried. I'd show up anxious. I'd show up frustrated. Everything looked good on the outside, but on the inside, I was drying up. Because ultimately for years, I was not observing or taking a day of rest. And so one day, as lovingly as he could, he just said, Evan, tell me about your day of rest. Like, tell me me about that rhythm in your life. And I quickly shot back, I don't. I don't have time to rest. I have way too much to do. That's not something that I do right now. And he just paused, like a long enough pause where you start to filter through your own words and second guess what you were saying. And as graciously as he could, he said, Evan, not taking a day of rest, not taking that Sabbath, that's a sin. And even though he said it so gently, it floored me. Because honestly, I 
thought I was above the exception. I thought I was the exception to the rule. I thought that by not taking a break, I was actually getting brownie points. I thought God was up there in heaven screaming at me, well done, good job, keep going. You're doing so great, you're killing it. And in that moment, I realized that he was screaming at me, but it didn't sound like that. It sounded more like, no, stop, put that down, take a break, you're killing yourself. And that, con- that conversation changed my life. I honestly think that it saved my marriage, it saved my ministry, it saved my soul. And I want that for you. That's what I don't need it sounds like. Here's what I can't possibly get it sounds like. I would love a day of rest. I wish I could have a day of rest. You don't understand. I don't even get a moment of quiet. I never have a chance to breathe. If I could get it, I would, but I can't, so I won't. We've gotten a little taste of this these past two months, more than that, with this whole stay-at-home order. Mel Mel and I are both working at home um, with two little girls. I think I have heard, will you play with me at least a thousand times in the last two days. It has been crazy. Don't get me wrong. It's been fun, but it's been a lot, right? And some of you, those with young kids, you can, you can relate. Some of you, you work two jobs. Some of you, you work full-time and you go to school full-time. Some of you are taking care of an aging parent. Some of you are taking care of a child with special needs or a child with a disability. And somewhere along the way, you've convinced yourself that your situation, your obstacle is so huge that rest just isn't an option for you. And can I just encourage you this morning? The more overwhelmed and overworked and at the end of your rope you feel, the more you need it. That's exactly why you need to chase after guard and protect a day of rest. You see, if, if I don't need it is ultimately, and it was for me about pride, then I can't possibly get it at its core is about fear. Pride and fear, you wanna know what the opposite of those two are? Humility, I don't know what's best, you do. And trust, I'll do it even if I don't understand. You could summarize it this way. Rest is about priority, not capacity. You see, capacity says, I'm good. I don't need it. I know my body, I know, I know what I need and rest, I just rest differently. Capacity says, I wish I could. There's just too much going on, I'm too overworked. There's not a second in the day. That's capacity. Priority says, God, if this is important enough to you, I'll find a way. I will find a way to honor what you said because I trust you, because I value our relationship. Rest is about priority, not capacity. This is the last verse. Verse 20, it says this, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means to you life and length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord your God swore to give you to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you know anything about this story, ultimately, is that this land wasn't promised to them. It was promised to their ancestors. And by taking hold of this 
this land, they were obtaining a promise that was given to ancestors before them. That's why it's called the promised land. But the land that God's giving them also has another name. We find it in Hebrews 3. It says this, so as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, this is God talking about the people of Israel during that time. Do not harden your hearts as you did in that rebellion during your time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me though for 40 years they saw what I did. That's why I was angry with them. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they don't know my way. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. That's what the land that God was giving them. It wasn't just about abundance, although it had that. It wasn't just about significance, although it had that too. Ultimately, it was my God's rest that Prosperity is not just about how many cars you have or how much money you have in the bank. It's not just about external things that you might own, but true prosperity, true blessing, that's inside of you. It's peace, peace of mind, it's purpose. It's ultimately God filling you and God wants that for you. Rest requires trust. It's not about the rules, it's about the relationship. Rest is a choice. It's about priority, not capacity. Finally, rest is a promise. It's your promise. Rest is the promise that God wants to give you because rest is a benefit of freedom. The Israelites, when they were slaved for 430 years, they didn't have rest. Rest is a blessing, it's an inheritance of freedom. And that's, that's what we experience as Christians, the freedom that God gives us, that the rules or the principles that God asks us to put ourselves under aren't trivial. They actually increase our freedom. That God doesn't just want something from you to stop working, to sit down, but he wants something for you. That's the gospel. I could summarize it this way. Rest isn't a punishment, it's a promise. And I know it's so easy to feel that way, but it's not, it's not a punishment, it's a promise. We rest because we trust God, not the rule, but the relationship. We rest and we know that it's a choice. It's about priority, not capacity. And we know ultimately that it's not a punishment, it's a promise. Maybe by now you're ready and I hope you are that that you would wanna take a step today from I don't need it or I can't possibly have it to, I'll try. And I just wanna encourage you today that I think God has riches in store for you, inside of you, that if you would just ultimately practice this rest, that ultimately you would experience the promise of what it would give you. And I know in my own experience, it was so hard for me. I didn't, when I first vowed to try to have a day of rest in my life. I didn't know how to do it. I was really bad at it. And ultimately what it was is I didn't know how to not earn my value before God. I didn't know how to slow down. I didn't know how God could be pleased with me if I wasn't working for him, but that he just wants to rest with me. It was a foreign concept to me. And I don't think I'm alone. I think so many of us work so hard to try to please others around us and ultimately to try to please God, but we're trying to earn a gift that has already been given. And so what if today, what if you took a step? 
And I know this is elementary. I'm gonna give you three of the easiest steps that you could possibly give, but I just wanna be as practical as I can. I wanna help you. So here's the first one, pick a day. Just pick a day. Maybe for you, it's today where you have the least amount of obligations, where that day is most yours, where you get to decide what to do with it. For our family, it's Friday. Friday is our family day. It's our fun day. Second, plan ahead. There are going to be things that try to come in and steal your day of rest. You have an enemy. And so you're gonna have to fight for it. You're gonna have to show some grit. And finally, and this is my favorite one, experiment. I didn't know how to do this well. You probably don't either. But man, what are the things that that excite you? What are the things that make you think about God? What are the things that fill you with joy? And can I just help you a little bit? It's probably not a day of TV or Netflix or gaming. It's somewhere else. It's on a walk, it's in community, it's eating good food with the people who you love. It's reading a book. Maybe for you, it's gardening. It is definitely not mowing the lawn. If you wanna please God today, And after you turn your TV off or shut your laptop down, if you really just want to hear him say like, that's my girl, that's my boy, don't fold laundry, don't put the dishes away, just go take a nap. Because when you rest, you show God that you trust him, that you know that the world doesn't revolve around you, that it doesn't hang on you, that ultimately he's got it and that you trust him. So what's your next step? All of us, whenever we enter into a moment with an holy God, that's just what it looks like for us as imperfect human beings. We all have room to grow. And just imagine if every day, every time that we got together, that you would take one step towards where where God wants you to go. Just imagine what your life would look like in a year. I don't think you would recognize yourself. And so that's all I'm asking, that you would take a moment and that you would pray. And that you would say, God, what do you want me to do? Is there any change that you wanna see in me? And I just wanna pray for you. I just wanna pray a prayer of blessing over you, that God give you wisdom and discernment. So wherever you are, just close your eyes, bow your head and just receive this today. God, thank you so much that rest is freedom. It's not a punishment. It's the promise that you have given us that if we would just take a hold of it, if we would just stop trying to earn your love and accept the gift of salvation, the gift of acceptance that you have towards our lives, that we would rest and spend a day with you and and with our loved ones doing things that make us rejoice and thank you for the life and the breath that you've given us. God, would you show us? I pray for my friends. Would you give them wisdom? and discernment? Would you give them room from the enemy that seeks to tire them out and to burn them out? And would you help them to experience the peace that comes from rest? Oh God, we need your help in this area. Help us. And for some of you who are listening today with with heads bowed and eyes closed, some of you, the surrender that God's prompting you to make today isn't about one day. It's not about one day of rest, but it's about your entire life. And I know there's someone on the other side of this camera who you've never made that decision before. 
You've never made that step before. And sometime during today, you felt like God is pushing you towards it. Maybe you don't even know why or what it looks like on the other side, but you sense that God is doing something unique in this moment and you wanna respond. If you wanna take that step today, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me, wherever you are. Just say this in your own way. God, I hear you. And I wanna respond to the call that you have over my life. I'm sorry for going my own way, for taking my life in my own hands. Once and for all, I say my life is not my own. And Jesus, I accept the gift that you have given me, the gift of rest, of acceptance, of love, of fulfillment, of peace, and of joy. Change my life. Be the Lord of my life. Lead me and guide me and show me where to go and what to do. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen.